Khan is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. To another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? Not bad. All right. I think I'm finally almost this COVID thing. Yeah, it takes a while to get over. Mm. And it's still going to linger for a few more months afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes mm-hmm. about a takes almost a month after uh, you get it to really start to feel 90% human. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It's been almost a month and that's how. <laughs> so you still having withdrawals from Galaxy's Edge yet? Uh, yes. And that reminds me, my wife sent me a picture, texted me a picture that I got to send you of you and me. <laughs> okay. Uh, that could be dangerous. Uh, posing in front of the, no, no, that's a good picture. It's you and me posing in front of the Falcon. Oh, cool. That must have been around the time that I showed you where the mini Falcons. Yes, exactly. Yes, there is a mini Falcon on the Falcon. Ken, when you're here, show you too. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. Um, support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. They're found right there on the right-hand side. Uh, with Biddy Boomers, it's yourself. They have an 8-inch Grogu, which Melissa finally... Apparently, they're selling this at Sam's Club now, too. Cool. But use code WeBeGeeks. You get 15% off your purchase off of BiddyBoomers.com. But they have a Grogu in the Spider-Man 8-inch. Which Melissa saw it. She's like, okay, these are nice. Uh, I was talking to Summer from Toink today, which, of course, go to toink.com, use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase. She has a Grogu, the one with fro- with the frog, eating the frog, Bitty Boomer. Mm. She loves it. I told her today that they now make the 8-inch one. She goes, okay, Christmas present to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're cute. If Casey, I know you're listening. I hope you're listening. Um, y'all make a Darth Vader one or a Chewbacca one, eight inch, instant buy. I, I will have both. So, um, but like I said, use code WINGEEKS15 at point.com and you too can get your Wookiee Radio pick of the week, which is Eric. The Star Wars Titch Walk and Roar Chewbacca plush. That's right. He is. Your new electronic sidekick. Enjoy realistic star fun with rock and roar Chewbacca. Huggable size. Measures 10 inches tall. Perfect for cuddling with. Uh, some fun features. He walks. Emits three different roars when you press his belly. I do the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's battery operated. Just and, like you. Uh, uh, just adorable. 
exactly. <laughs> he's adorable, and he's 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 got the little goggles on, and uh, his bangers, and yeah, he's just adorable. You said this is the deluxe twenty-four inch talking plush, ten inch. Ten. I found, I found the t- twenty-four inch. I didn't see the twenty-four inch. The twenty-four inch too. Wow. That will be for another day. <laughs> I have started flipping through the site. It's like I'm starting to make a Christmas list. I <laughs> know, uh, right? They even have stuff on here from one of my favorite animes of all time, Robotech. There's Robotech and Macross stuff on here. Oh, yeah. And they actually, Derek, you might like this one. I The one I brought up here, they actually have the um, retro transformable um, Veritech fighter. Basically, it's the Jetfire Transformer. Ooh, yes. For, for oh, 60 bucks, but it's the, obviously it's the Robotech version of it. Right. That was the whole that was the whole thing with Robotech awesome. why there were no Robotech Veritech toys because Transformers had already licensed that toy for um, the Transformers line. Yeah. <laughs> Stole it out from under them. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh well, like I said, I was speaking with Summer today because uh we may be doing a cross-platform giveaway across Wookie Radio, Mighty Marvel Geeks, and Weeby Geeks for Life Day. Oh, yeah. More, stu- more stuff than mm-hmm. we can. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you got to uh, work these um, deals a little bit better, Mike. Hey, I, oh, she gave me a heads up of what's coming for Black Friday, and I can't say because it's embargoed. But if almost- it doesn't show up in my mailbox, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't I don't know when um when we'll get a another influencer box from her. Well, Derek and I kind of did with Weeby Geeks when we had Steve on, which threw us off. Oh, right. Because we got the uh the blanket. Yeah. And, and then the of course it's pretty sweet. You got you got the Darth Vader uh um, <laughs> the Darth Vader um head helmet uh planter with fake plant but I'm looking at their uh, after seeing the after getting the rug we got. I love that Sherpa rug or Sherpa blanket. I'm curious to see what else is. Mm. They have a Han Solo frozen carbonite. It stops at the waist. Uh, 46 by 60 inch light fleece blanket. Cool. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's not the Sherpa. That Sherpa blanket is amazing. Yeah. By the way, the uh, Darth Vader head planter that I got. Um, was intended to buy Darth Vader collection, which you guys can see behind part of behind me, but uh, it ended up on my wife's desk. <laughs> Sounds like you need to order another one. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to put a whole blanket in your collection. You know, just hang it on the wall or something. No, he's talking the planter. <laughs> then, the planter. Then again, the winters like you and I have sometimes, Derek, hanging it on the wall is a viable option mm. sometimes. <laughs> that is true. In college, I used to hang blankets over the windows because the curtains mm-hmm. just weren't enough. Depends on which side of the house faces the wind. Some places it didn't matter because the wind came from every direction all at once. Yeah. So um, but usually it's which side get the amount of sun. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I got to read a uh, email we got from really from Daniel uh, is last. What's up, Daniel? is a great listener on the show actually we know daniel because he was also a guest on the show uh is daniel from uh, daniel contieras from star wars now this is podcasting he is the gentleman uh-huh. behind star wars podcasting day and the uh in the uh the database star wars podcast database oh, nice. which is a great database uh so when i get to that point where i haven't found anyone to come on to the show i'm gonna go on that database and start invites but his email goes 
Hey, Smugglers 3. Wow, I've been loving in uh, loving Andor. It's easily my favorite Disney Plus live action show, assuming it maintains its current quality for the rest of the season. Y'all can interrupt me anytime to comment what's been said. Um, one thing I've noticed is how theatrical the show feels. Not, not as in cinema, but as in a stage performance. Okay. The light, I think the lighting helps with that. Mm. It feels a lot, it's not as bright as we're muted. Yeah, but it also, it's, I think the right, yeah. major difference is the fact that they do not, are not using the volume at all. And as we said with uh, the difference between Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi, the um, low lighting and the volume when you're trying to be dark does not work nearly as well as everything super bright. When everything's super bright, it looks fantastic. When you're trying right. to do a nighttime scene inside right. the volume, it's very obvious that you're inside. Right. But. You know, he he's talking but, um, he's talking theatrical, like like oh, in a stage performance. Yeah. Well, no, that's coming. I, mean, uh, that's, I could see that. that. I mean, that's my initial background, and and, and lighting wise. Depending on the scene, yes, it can be muted, but a lot of times it's still fairly bright. Uh, it, it's it's a more focused, more controlled lighting. Yeah. Than what you would have, say, with the volume, where even the screens, the dark shadows are still going to cast off a light. Because it's the combination of all the pixels making a black pixel or making yeah. the black color. Well, like you said, with the colors, is like the color palette on this in general is a more muted neutral yeah. color palette. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna. I mean, instead of saying, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna discredit him saying, but you know, as in a stage performance, um, I think it lends itself being more shot on locations, on physical mm-hmm. locations, like they've done has helped give it that um, BBC, BBC-esque vibe to the show. The, I can the, see that. The theatrical performance yeah, of, a BBC, of a BBC-type show, mm. where they do a lot of, lot of stuff on set locations. Um, so to continue on... That actually is a lot more... Um, I, I kind of noticed that a little bit more because I was watching Doctor Who last night. <laughs> hey, and uh, announcement as of today, Doctor Who in 2023 is coming to Disney+. Plus. The newest Disney princess. Yep. <laughs> Hey, the new doctor is actually a really decent actor. Um, well, we got to get to him yet. He's not the doctor yet. True. But Derek and I have talked about it over on Weeby Geeks, and uh, we're, we're both familiar with the show that he has recently done, which is over on Netflix. And a great role that he had there. He's, I really enjoyed his character there. So, uh, And that show is called Sex Education. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a, an amazing show uh, with a couple other good you know, great sci-fi talents in there with Asa Butterfield and uh, and Gillian Anderson. Mm. So, uh, so to continue on, scattered over the series so far have been these little vignettes, two-person stage plays that take a moment to focus heavily on dialogue over plot. Though some elements of the story still get incorporated. That's some of the stuff. That's a lot of the stuff that um, we were talking about last week with the um, guys. That um, hyperspace this, heroes. Yeah, this is the first series. And not movie that actually is advancing the story of Star Wars and giving you the actual main story of right. Star Wars in, in this way. Yeah. It takes a lot of exposition right. yeah. because you're moving a lot of story through this time period. Yeah. Well, even even if it's an, a monologue type scene, it pushes through nicely. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say 
the Andor series so far has almost been to, to go back to the stage performance, theatrical vibe. This is almost, yeah, even though it's, it's a political drama, it's a spy drama, genre-wise for me as well, it feels very Shakespearean. Shakespeare, you have ensemble scene, you have a lot of great solid ensemble scenes, you have great solid two-person scenes, you have great monologue scenes, and everything still pushes the story through, no matter what. Each, per, each person, each scene carries story just that much further to the overall story. Uh, to me, it almost has a, a vibe, like a, a Shakespearean type vibe to it as well. So it's like a Shakespearean political spy drama. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the most obvious example of this are the scenes between Cyril and his mom. <laughs> okay. Uh, even framing, even the framing of their scenes facing opposite one another in their breakfast nook feels like we're viewing a two-person play from the audience. I get that. Yeah. Um, but it goes beyond just those two. There have been plenty of times where the plot of the story either takes a backseat or is used to give two characters a chance to really dive into the great dialogue and acting. Luther and Mon Mothma are one such duo. We've also seen Bix and Tim, mm. Deidre and Belvin, Kia and Vel, and or Anemic. Etc. Etc. In fact, the majority of the dialogue so far feels like it's been in these scenes with just two people. I realize that because of the three-person scenes of the ISB officers, Deidre Belvin and Partagaz, stood out as the exception. I've really been happy with what we're getting in Andor. It's definitely different from other prior Disney Plus shows. But with the frequency of the new Star Wars material coming into the streaming, coming onto the streaming service, I feel like I, I like the willingness for trying different things. Some shows will work for me while others don't, which we've talked about as well. Um, I'm of the generation that we only got a single film every three years. We're right there. And with the, with the occasional Christmas toy, paperback novel, and monthly comic to keep me occupied, I would spend hours at school and afternoons with my neighborhood friends going over theories, reenacting scenes from the original reenacting scenes from the original trilogy. If I remember, Derek, you said that's how you and Chris met. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It was uh, Star Wars that got us together. That was one of the things. That was, uh, okay. that was what? No, go ahead. I, I stopped you. What were you saying, Mike? I was saying, for, for me, that was one of the things that made it easy for me to make new friends quickly every time I moved. Mm. Yeah. It was Star Wars. Well, that, that was growing up in the 80s. Basically, you, you would go outside and play, and you played <laughs> whatever watching on TV. Me being a couple years yeah. younger than you guys, it was Star Wars, but it was also playing G.I. Joe. It was pretending yep. to be Transformers, which is really weird to think about and try to figure out. <laughs> um, we played a lot of Ghostbusters Yeah, when I was a kid. Oh, nice. I, I played If it wasn't... the real Ghostbusters was on cartoons Saturday morning. It wasn't Star Wars. We were playing superheroes. Because we yeah. always got... Halloween, we always bought an yeah. enormous amount of capes. We wore capes while riding bikes. <laughs> so... Nerd. Geek. <laughs> um, but um, with, a, with a couple of my friends, like when Empire came out, I had a snowspeeder, but it was never the Hasbro snowspeeder. We actually took cardstock and cut it and taped it together to make our own snowspeeders out of cardstock. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, how many kids would do that now? Well, if I was a kid now and I had access to a 3D printer, I'd print my own. Most of them would just find a 3D printer and just print it up that way if they're going to do it. Which I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> I would. still want to get a 3D printer. I do too. I, I do too. Uh, so uh, he goes, uh, never would I have imagined we'd be getting so much new material on our TV screens, let alone new books, comics, collectibles, heck, even podcasts. 
Thank you for your part in being a contributor to new fan-made Star Wars material. I am one happy listener. It really is our pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for being a listener. I mean, it's great yeah. to hear from people who are actually yes. listening to the show. Yeah. And of course, you know, I still got put out um, big thanks to for other big listeners, uh, Bart and Anthony, rural farm boy. Um, I know I still owe you guys your prizes from the great hyperspace chase from last year. It's been a crazy year. Uh, <laughs> one of the prizes, so I want to send the prizes out together. Uh, one of the prizes got messed up. Uh, so it's being remade. Um, really? But, but the huh. other, but the other stuff that's going with it, uh, I am slowly getting a few other things together uh, to to add to it to try and make this as as good as possible. And um, yeah, I, hopefully you guys will like it. A lot. Of, there's going to be quite a few things in there that are Galaxy's Edge related. So uh, as well. And then I got to give a shout out to the gang over at uh, Heroes of the Halcyon because they managed because they just had their second cruise that they went on. And I asked if they were able to do me a favor, and which I was able to pay them pay them for it. But they picked me up SK. Nice. I finally. Oh, nice. I have two SKs. <laughs> one that's staying one that's staying uh in the package that'll go up on the wall and then one loose that's gonna go with all my uh all my other astromex so i have sk now <laughs> i'm happy now to get the remote control one let me ask you guys a question uh for a little, a little discussion topic here sure um recently and you probably know about this my uh, marvel has put out that they're planning to do um more special presentations it was werewolf by night and everything mm-hmm. uh yeah, and and, and the th- um, guardians yeah and the thought is that they could use these presentations to introduce characters and kind of get a, a a feel for people's reaction to them and such and uh i was wondering what you guys if you guys think that might be a good idea for star wars to think about too as well like little one shots yeah something like that uh yeah i i think so it could work i think i i don't know um depends on what it is they're trying to get across with the one shots you know what i mean right because yeah. uh, we're gonna be getting into tales of the jedi a little bit li- later on in the show but like tales of the jedi like mike was saying feels like it it wasn't an, i mean it was awesome and well, it, but they were only able to tackle a certain amount of information right because mm. the size of the show well, I'll I'll, so. I'll I'll go one right now. One shot. Let let's do it to see how much it can it can really go as a series. And maybe eventually spin off a series. I already know what he's gonna say. What's that? You want Doctor Afra? No. <laughs> Believe it or not, no. Whoa. I mean, I still want Afra. Don't get me wrong, but no. Convert Dooku Jedi Lost the actual script into the show into a one shot. Have a one shot. They'd have to trim it down to make it an actual movie, or they would have to make it a series. Do, do it as, too much there. Do it as an hour and a half. It's still too much there for an hour and a half. I think. Do do a brief synopsis of him becoming a, a Padawan, his or his father turning him over to the Jedi. Touch briefly on him through the trials. Or become becoming master or becoming apprentice to Yoda. Touch on the trials. Touch on another part of, but touch on him with Sifo-Dyas. You know, just do little teases of the different bits of the book to see if it could spin off an actual series to to hit on covering more stories of of Dooku, Dooku and Sifo-Dyas, Dooku and Qui Gon, Dooku and Yoda. Well, I got one that they kind of already did. 
by um, slipping it into Book of Boba Fett. That was the uh, Mandalorian story in Book of Boba Fett was basically a one off single story that doesn't fit in the season. But it could have been um, it could have been just a standalone true, episode true. sitting in the middle of the way while you're waiting to come around. Um, kind of similar. We were talking. We mentioned Doctor Who earlier, the way Doctor Who does it. Doctor Who will do an entire season mm-hmm. and then you have two or three years before the next season. So they'll throw one or two right. specials in there. Just standalone stories. Yeah, that that would be something that'd be awesome for. I think for Star Wars, the Mandalorian single stories, um, Ahsoka and or as we're doing and or or um, any of the other characters that are out there. Just a one-off story from them. Yeah, yeah. If they I would, see uh, that. Uh, they do. We so we talked. To, we were talking behind the scenes about the story. Story about the new movies coming up. Do a one-off with Ray and Finn. Yeah, that's what they've been doing with Lego. Yeah, just do a, a little yeah. a one here and there, just a standalone adventure form. Yeah, doesn't have to be a full-length movie. Yeah, well, it doesn't even have to be an hour. It could be even shorter. Well, and the other one that could be yeah. a one-off, and it could be that hour. Essentially, hour long, like Werewolf by Night or Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yeah. Um, what we've talked about before. Let's let's do the yeah. the story of the both the Bothans and the, the Star too. Yeah. Well, or it doesn't have to go the, big screen. Take the, take the original Holiday Special, revamp it, and actually make a new a new Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> Use a story story beats the actual framework of the story, the outline. Was a Star Wars story. Yeah, it wasn't. Nobody is going to tell you it was um, accomplished very well, <laughs> but hey, it was a Star Wars story. We we had we had uh, the producer of the show, Bruce Lynch. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Bruce Lynch even say it was a Star Wars story, but <laughs> that's something they could, yeah. they could actually take that story. And I mean, I know they've not they've way stared away from refilming or redoing any stories that are out there. But do another holiday special, maybe. Do one yep. farther off in the timeline or farther, go back in the timeline a little bit. Right. Well, and I think and now. Do it as a life date special. And I think now, too, you know, everything with the High Republic, that's a perfect opportunity. But we're getting a series out of the High Republic already. Uh, sort of. The Acolytes taking place at the tail end. It's still part of the story of the High Republic. Okay. Well, Knights of the Old Republic video game. You know, that's being redone to be made yeah. canon. Let's do a one-off. Do we have a rele- a, um, general release date on that. Isn't it supposed to come like next spring or something like that? I think so. Let, let's let's get a let's get a one shot on that to see would that support a series. Another great one could be a one shot be- between the Wookies and and the Transdotions with the with the s- scenario there. Well, we did we did get that um, from the Clone Wars already once. Yeah. Well, the other one that we talked about back in the very beginning that was almost the name of the show, Tales from the Cantina. Yeah. Or Tales from Moss Eisley, which were both considerations for names of the show way back when. Do do a one-off. See if that spins off anything else. Because there's how many hundreds? I mean, if it's Tales from the Cantina, okay, so you start off with the Cantina of Moss Eisley. Then you start off with the Cantina on Coruscant with the Death Sticks, you know, where we see see him go after Zam Weasel. Now, then you got, you know, can, you know, various other cantinas around the galaxy that we see, that we've seen. Different stories, different places in the galaxy. Yeah, I think there's room for a lot of stories there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've covered quite a few ideas in this, in this alone. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's like, yeah, there's plenty of Star Wars stories out there that could be little one-offs. Yeah. I mean, we know we're going to get Saw Gerrera in Andor. We got him in Clone Wars. We got him in Rogue One. Why not 
one-off on what Saw was doing during this whole time. I don't know. Yeah, really. I, maybe maybe it, a three, maybe I a like, three-episode mini. I like Saw Gerrera, but I think it, I like him, and a lot of people like him because we get him in small doses. Because, I think if you had, to, if you saw too much mm-hmm. of him, he'd be very unlikable. He's not a character you want to spend a lot of time with. And with the series, <laughs> nothing says you still get a lot of time with him. Yeah, maybe well, at the beginning show, you got to kind of have it dig him. Is is his is his his rebellion cell doesn't mean it has to be him the entire yeah, show if even it, it's just that, a one-off so yeah even looking at that though it's like these are the rebels that are don't give the rebels a good name perfect <laughs> let's see these, that these side guys, of I think it. would make the empire look like good guys <laughs> let's see that side of it because these ones are the rebels that are that um earn the name terrorists for the rebels and, and, mm. I, th- and I think I, I think we've talked about that quite a bit though off and on in the past where yeah. The rebellion, I mean, we're, we're looking at the films as the rebels are the good guys. When it, when you look at it through the eyes of the Empire, who is the actual governing force, they're terrorists. They're the bad yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. So and not not just the em- Empire, but there are people, talked about this too, there are people around the galaxy who are like, you know, I'm fine with the way the Empire is running things. I got a right. good life and, you know. Right. Oh, that speaks of it. Just going to mess everything up. Speaks of another one that could be fun. The Imperial Academy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's do a one shot there and see if a series would be worth it there to find out why did why was Luke so gung-ho besides getting off a desert planet? Why was he so gung-ho about wanting to go to the Academy mm. and fly for the Empire or fight for the Empire? What what made the Academy so prestigious that you know you, you want to go fight? You know, that was Han Solo's escape to get off Corellia to keep from getting arrested after Kira was captured. He went to the Empire, washed out of flight school because of his attitude as well, because he disobeyed orders, according to the comic that supported it, um, which led to the bounty hunter balance. But that that could be another series. Start off a, a one shot on bounty hunters. Would that garner enough interest for more bounty hunter tales from the guild? Hmm. It could be interesting. Yeah. And you could carry actually, that all the way you through. Frame that. You could frame that with like a grief Karga as the narrator at the beginning. Yeah. You walk into oh, yeah. when he said he sits down to start telling you a story. Then you go back. Then you kick kick into any of the bounty hunters that there were. Yep. Right. Yeah. Because as Derek, Derek's fully aware now, because he was able to see it. Um, they have, and it's now available in California too. They have created a bounty hunters guild at galaxy's edge. That supposedly has been there oh, yeah. a long time. And it's, and it's a game that you, you can play if you have the newest Magic Bands, which is part of the reason why they introduced Magic Bands in California, is so you could play this game. And I hope they do something similar over in Avengers Campus as well with those Magic Bands. Oh, that would be cool. I would hope they would do something potentially over at Pandora with. I think each park needs to have something in one specific land to tie in to the Magic Band game ones. Right now, studios, you've got studios in Disneyland, you've got Bounty Hunter Hunt. The guild. And I think to to max it out, there are twenty missions you you've got to complete. So nothing says you have to get them all done in one day, but you it's gonna remember you on the with the magic and how far you are. So so yeah, tells from the bounty or tells from the guild bounty hunter chronicles whatever. I, I think I mean the comics doing great. Let, let's let's do something more, and it could go back to you know bounty hunters of the High Republic all the way through. To post post Return of the Jedi, you know, if we're we're doing grief, starting the stories, almost like each each episode's almost like a Twilight Zone, 
grief going. Yeah. <laughs> grief doing his his narration or or what was it? Uh what's his name from Men in Black with the in the, the tales the Men in Black. Each week was a different story. And he starts the episode and wraps the episode. Do that here too. <laughs> Maybe a different way to tell Star Wars because they've never done anything like that with a Yeah. I mean that's basically the way the Lego ones work. Yeah. But that's Lego. That's not uh, that doesn't really count as full on Star Wars. That's but, Lego canon. Right. <clears throat> but it it can make out to Star Wars, but it's not part but, of the main canon. But I think with the bounty hunters, it could work with this. Because there's so many different tales and different bounty hunters, and this is a way of introducing new bounty hunters that we don't know. And yeah, that would be cool. And with the early stuff, you could hit the you know Poe Dameron, and when he joins uh, Zuri's mom's group, they're in Najimi. You know, their smuggler bounty hunter group there. And if you want to do that, you could even really do different bounty from different time periods too. Yep. Like I said, it, it can even be, you know, Tales from the Cantina, which is a combination of Tales of Smugglers, Tales of Bounty Hunters. And you can still have grief. Right. Grief telling, you know, being the narrator to all this. Mm. So, uh, but speaking of stories, let's hit on, <laughs> as I'm looking at time, <laughs> let's hit on episode seven of Andor. Uh, this episode was called The Announcement. And for me, one of the biggest things that I saw, uh, and let's just touch on some highlights. Uh, I would love seeing Colonel Yolaren return to the lore. Yeah. And I love the actor who played him. Nice, nice transition to who who we see in, you know, sitting around the table in, uh, in the New Hope. Um, this is a great choice for a slightly younger and kind of ties in with the two looks that we see of Yolaren in uh, Clone Wars and later in Rebels. Mm-hmm. So the other thing I did notice specifically about this episode was after the six episodes of people complaining about how slow, how slow they ran through a whole lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. And this episode, like hey. the warp, this one went to hyperdrive because uh, out of nowhere, yeah, really. everything's happening at like 9,000 miles an hour. Yeah. The empire's cracking down. All these other things are happening. And it's like, uh, they, they use this one episode to advance everything. So they can slow back down again, I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there. First, mm. first thing that really draw you drew you in this uh, episode. Um. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I could go with the obvious answer and say the <clears throat> imperial droids, but you know, I want security droids, but I won't yeah. go there. Um, <laughs> there. Do you know how hard it was keeping my mouth shut last week when you're like, "Yeah, K two S O, we'll see him next month, next show, <laughs> season, all this other stuff." I was like, "Dude, I saw it today." <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, oh, and, but, uh, I, I just, I just like that. It kind of put the show in different in a new direction, which, which, uh, I'm very interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, my neck, my next big thing from the show, uh, back in Luthen's gallery, the biggest little, uh, artifact that was stood out to me this time. Um, I mean, I know people mentioned the Gungan shield and I saw that finally really good. Um, but the temple guard mask yeah, was great seeing that. Mm. That, that was awesome. And then the, uh, the Keldor breather mask. I want to say that's what, uh, Okun uses. I'm not sure. You may be correct. So double checking. Yes. It's Plokun's the mask that Plokun wears. Hmm. So I, I thought that was, that was pretty cool seeing seeing those items. I was like, hmm, wonder if he got wonder how he wonder if that breather mask was actually Plo Koon's that was recovered after he was shot down. 
Awesome. Yeah, actually, that could that's a possibility considering you know that would give instead of just a regular mass that's a, that would give it a story which could give more money. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. This was Jedi Master Plo Koon's mask. Yep. So uh, well, my next my next thing I found on this though um, was kind of it was from the last part of this and how um, we kept saying we keep saying that. Um, the general population of the galaxy, you keep your head down, you just do what you're supposed to, and there's no problem at all. And we found out that's not always the way it is. Yeah. Because right. Cassie yeah. goes to prison for doing absolutely nothing this time. He did all this other yeah. stuff, which should put him in prison. When he's not doing anything at all, he's on vacation just chilling on the beach, and he gets thrown in prison. He gets thrown in prison for being curious, because he's curious to see yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And for six years. Yeah. The another thing that I found very that I found very intriguing was that now they want to now he basically has a uh, you know he helped them rob the empire but now he has a, a target on his head now. Well, he had a target before he robbed the empire. No, but I mean from that group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the empire is not the only one looking for him now. Well, actually, mm-hmm. now the Empire is looking for him because it's not just a corporate corporation looking for him. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the, the actual heist, the, the Empire is looking for him, too. Um, I want to I piggyback on yours, Kent. The data plaque that served as record of sentencing. Yes. Actually, I did pause it and translated it. Um, the name, uh, the, the names on here are Richard Stevenson was being sentenced for five years. And then the, the one for Cassian comes up as Keith Seymour. And I like, who's Keith Seymour? He's the set decoration concept artist. In the sentence, mm. he was sentenced for being suspected forced, suspected force sensitive, mm. set to serve 25 years. Well, that's, that's interesting as well. Mm-hmm. So. I thought that was that was interesting. That was fun. I wonder what made him uh, a suspected force sensitive in in that you know in the in the well. I don't think that universe. I don't think it was actually cast. You know, obviously that was that was done as a nod to to, to Keith no, yeah, Seymour. Yeah, I know. But what, why is Keith Seymour about force sensitive? Because the way no, the why, does, why would the Empire think he's force sensitive? Um, cause I think they're still afraid of the Jedi, a potential Jedi out there. No. Yeah. I no, I, what I mean is, but what did he do to make him, um, them suspect that he was force sensitive? Yes, exactly. Uh, with, with, with Cassian, maybe the fact that he kept trying to, you know, with that whole conversation with the shore trooper, maybe the shore trooper was thinking he was trying to do mind games with them. It was funny. If it, because it's the Empire, they don't worry about it. But um, in general, after we've gone through the prequels, we now can tell if someone's um, force sensitive. You just check their metachlorian count. If they don't, if it's really low, then you know, nope, they're not force sensitive at all. Yep, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so, uh, Ken, your next big thing. There was something else that popped in my head, but um, part of it, well, um, what you call it? I was we were saying a bit ago about um, Saw Guerrero's group and how they're um, really. Not the nicest guys in the world to have to deal with, but seeing in here how Mon, Moth- Mon Mothma is um, appalled that they did this on um, and stole this bankroll. Oh, and right, uh, yeah. and, like, and she's like, it's all it's going to do is cause the empire to uh, repress more people, to cause them to hurt more people. And Luthen is, and it, it's interesting because Luthen says that's what we want them to do. We want them to hurt more people. It's like, wait a minute. It's kind mm. of opposite 
of what she what the um whole idea of the rebellion is for her. For her, they're trying to stop right. the empire from doing all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. But the and more yet he's telling him that no, he, we want to make a splash. We want them to lock down on everything. The, the and just like saw Guerrera, probably he's like, well, basically you gotta crack a few eggs to make an omelet. So Yeah. Yep. But also, um, it's interesting too is that's where the title of the episode comes from because he basically said this is our announcement that you know yeah yeah to the empire yeah uh i love the flashback because you know we have seen in all the previews and whatnot you know the, the phase two clone tro- trooper armor it's like but this is time of the oh, empire yeah. uh then we come and find out you know with the flashback this goes back to the first year of the empire so we now right. know we now know that the crash and when Andor gets taken off his planet is when um, it was during still during the Clone Wars before Order 66. I'm going to say a couple years before Order 66. Yeah. But still, you know, that ship is still dealing with, I would say maybe near the end of or it's, it's at some point during Attack of the Clones because it's, it's during the time when um, even Padme is talking about how the government's not right and that almost started the formation of the rebel cells there that we saw emphasized again near the beginning of uh, revenge of the sith because they're not liking the way palpatine's running things and, and how the clone wars is going um so then we advanced because now cassian's a little older we're seeing that this is taking place around the time period of the bad batch during that whole time segment of the first season of Bad Batch, where the clones are still wearing, you know, so most likely that is a group of clones. It's not a, it's, it's still the clones. It's not, um, not the, the non troopers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the TKs yet. It's all the, all the TKs are starting to wear the actual stormtrooper armor as we know it today. Mm-hmm. So these are, these are still, you know, the CTs. But I, I think it's, it's odd that, you know, this is a group of CTs that are all white that they're wearing all white now and there's still not any uh italian markings on them so i think we're far enough like i said even with bad batch when we see with the ryloth episodes you know um the one oh i can't think of the clone commander there he he's wearing colors on his armor but the rest of the troops are wearing is all white i think that's where we're starting to head into everything's monotone again or or just black and white so uh, i thought the flashback was interesting yeah so good. Yeah, I'd kinda I kinda wouldn't mind seeing more of that particular flashback. Yeah. I don't think we will, but no. It would be interesting. Yeah. I think we'll get in many ways we'll get more of those flashbacks with Bad Batch, but I don't think we'll get anything live action. Mm. So back to you, Ken. Yeah, I was sitting here while we're talking, trying to think there was a third one that I came up with while I was talking about the last one. Can't remember off the top of my head what it was. I really got to take notes on these. <laughs> I know. <huh>? But, uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm enjoying the show, even though it has a totally different feel than anything that's ever been in Star Wars, which is strange, but it's still fun. That's what I am enjoying about it. It's yeah. something completely different. I do kind of wish it had more of the adventure in it. I mean, it, yeah, there's been more action and stuff in there now, but and um, like I said, I understand that this, this show is about advancing the story and do exposition really, which is going to make it feel different. Right. But I think, I think it's slowly getting there though. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think these next few episodes are going to be interesting. I mean, the, yeah, we've got five episodes left. I mean, as we talked about last week, first three set up why, why we're getting to where we're at. Next three sets up the heist. Mm. 
And of course, this one sets up where we're going for the next ones. And then this next one is like, look what happened. <laughs> yeah, to prison. <laughs> look, look what happened. Here's the repercussions. Uh, this is now the start of lockdown. And I, I think last week's episode is what sets up the beginning of what eventually becomes Rogue One. Beginning of what eventually becomes Rebels. Mm. And now we're going to start seeing more rebellion cell, the more the formation of different rebellion cells. And as uh, and as Deidre, huh? and as the one ISB agent keeps saying, we have to be worried because the rebellion is, is getting is growing, and, and the the heist just took it over the top. Mm-hmm. So, anything else, guys? I got one more thing. I got. Uh, I got one more thing as well, and that was the I found the interaction with um andor and the trooper that arrested him very interesting uh just because like you don't usually see a lot of times stormtroopers are mostly background characters so it was kind of neat to see you know a little more out of out of a a trooper than than just around marching around and it was interesting to see how they would handle a situation right uh for me being a huge fan of Lucas in general, and I really love THX 1138. Um, when when Clea was in the the, uh, in the transit station, I I caught one of the stormtroopers calling out Lou 341. I'm like, all right, nice nod to THX 1138 because uh, Maggie McOmey's character was Lou 3417 3417. Mm-hmm. So I. I appreciated that nod because it kind of fit with that scene, almost having a a slight um, THX 1138 vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate. I still need to sit down and watch that movie. It's I know, I've list. never actually watched it either. When you watch it, watch the original before you watch the director's cut, um, only because it just makes things stand out. It, it pulls you into the film, and then when they add the additional scene, when it, when Lucas goes back and adds the original stuff to it, you, you're not you're not thrown off. Whereas, it's not another special edition, is it? N- no, it's basically they he added back in um, cut scenes that were taken out because of original time. Mm. So. I mean, the first one flows fine with without an issue, but it, but you go through and you're like, wait, there there's something missing, something missing. But then when you watch the director's cut, it's like, oh, okay, there's what was missing. Whereas if if you accidentally watch the director's cut and then you watch it again and it's the original, you're gonna go, wait, there's stuff missing. So it's it's one of those definitely it's worth watching the original cut first before you watch the. Wasn't the original just a short? Well, then there's the original short, which. Uh, if I remember right, on the DVD, that was actually a student film. I think that was a student film. Graduate, yeah. On the actual, see, I have it on DVD. I need, I want to get it on Blu-ray. Um, but on the DVD, I believe it has the original student film, and then it has uh, the original cut and the director's cut. It's got all three. I have to go back and look because I own the director's cut, which came out as an anniversary edition of the film as a director's cut. So um, we still got some time. Let's. Talk uh, first two episodes of um, Tales from the Jedi. Well, like I was telling you at the um, before Derek got on here, um, I've seen since we've you and I have seen Mike have seen all the all six episodes. I really enjoy that um, they run and ep- the episode order is in chronological order. Yeah, it's not like you get Ahsoka Dooku, Ahsoka Dooku. No, they run in actually order of when the episode would take place in the timeline. I really enjoy that. I did too. My my only complaint is, I mean, I understand the concept. It, it's tales. It's shorts. I want more. <laughs> I just want more. I, I was that enthralled with them. I want more. Um, I mean, we get a lot of 
story of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But this is why I said, you know, with Dooku as the one shot, because of Dooku Jedi Lost, which is, is teased a bit more in Tales from the Jedi. And that's all I can say there without spoiling spoiling the episodes for Derek. Um, I have fallen in love with Dooku so much so. Don't you marry him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not my type, and I'm already married. But uh, but I fall, <laughs> I've fallen in love with the character, and and it's if there was going to if there was anyone to ever be really a a dark Jedi or a gray Jedi, it's really Dooku. Dooku is that prime example. Yeah, and that's just going based off the book and, and and comments made throughout the media that we've already seen. And, and Derek, I could safely say this with everything that you've seen up to this point. Um, it, it's he he is more of a gray Jedi. If there was a such a thing as a gray Jedi, it truly is more Dooku than anything else. And, and it it's I want no I want want more I want more Dooku. I mean, I'm yeah. at that point uh, we talked about before show. I want to get his saber from Galaxy's Edge, his Sith or Dark Side saber. I want to get it. And of course, today as we're recording on Shop Disney, they released. His saber from Tales from the Jedi, which there's That's very easy though. That's real easy because all they got to do is change the color of the blade. They already have the saber. <clears throat> the the pommel of the hilt is slightly different. That's it. And yeah. now, and the uh, the fork extender is longer on his Sith Sith hilt than it is on his Jedi. Well, for me, the, with these first two episodes, I think the um, the first one with Ahsoka is the only out of all these six that I was a little disappointed in because I like. Yeah, I felt the same way. But I was hoping we'd at least get to the point where we meet Plo Koon. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I was looking forward to and we never got. I didn't. The, the first episode, I didn't really. I'll have to admit, I didn't for that much um, because it was, you know, Ahsoka as a baby, yeah, whatever. And this story was a little generic. And um, now hmm? I was going to say now if they. um. If that was the way they did the entire series, that was an awesome episode. But seeing the other episodes and see what they did with those ones, and then look, going looking back at that one episode, this is the one that really doesn't do much other than say her people knew she was a Jedi. Right, right. Well, that may, it makes you it makes you question the elder too. She she may not be a Jedi, but she's very force sensitive. Possibly. Yeah. Then, so the first episode, I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. But then I watched the second one, and, and I really enjoyed the second one a lot. Yeah. I, I found it interesting they gave uh, Qui-Gon a, a little homier look. I, I was going to say he was kind of ugly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, but if he, you watch in, a, in um, episode one, he's got the gray robes. They don't, they're not, don't look like the um, most expensive robes in the Jedi Order. They don't, you know what I mean? He just looks like a general yeah. generic robes and stuff. Yeah, but but he's wearing the full a very bad haircut. But he's he's wearing the full outfit though. He's wearing the 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 undershirt, the the tunic, well, and the Obi's. Jedi Master. Yeah, but Kenobi's got the same look, and he's a Padawan at that stage. Anakin was the same way. He, even his his Padawan. Yeah, but, but that's the type of, of Jedi that Qui Gon was. He didn't really Qui Gon. It's in this, you know, the one time we see him, he's wearing the the tunic only, no undershirt, and, and the hair was just shoveled. It's like it, for for <laughs> yeah, for, a, for a guy who supposedly comes from Coruscant, it it looks like he was picked up off the streets of thir- level thirteen thirteen. <laughs> 
think of his general philosophy and the way his look outlook on the force. He's all about being in the moment. He doesn't care what other people think. He's mm. worried about what is the force doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I see his look see and that. everything else doesn't matter to him as long as he's following the living force. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I understand all that. It's just it was it was awkward seeing him looking like that compared to every other time we have seen him. He he looks more like a Jedi master or a, or or what a Jedi should. Be. Yeah. Whereas my big, when we see him here, it looks like he just rolled out of the bunk and put a shirt on, and it's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah, my big takeaway much. on this on this one was. Um, very much um, what we've been talking about, actually, with uh, Andor and with some of the other ones, that how, um, except for this, is moved back to the Republic, where the same thing that Dooku has always done for this show, especially Dooku, pointing out that the good guys are not always the good guys. Right. It depends on where you're right. at and what your personal situation is. Is the um, good and bad can be very fluid. Right. See, because right. the villagers here, the um, Republic is evil it's the oppressing them yeah i i want to say more that's what, well i'm going with exactly what's in this episode i know but with what happened in this episode and what continues on i can't say anymore or it's gonna well no you can go to the future of dooku and in the future dooku's also saying hey well, did you realize there's a sith lord running the senate when when, when he when he meets yeah. obi-wan yeah his entire his entire life starting here that we've seen all the way through he's pointing out that hey the good guys are not always the good guys yeah and mm -hmm. the bad guys may not be absolutely evil the bad guys might just have a reason for why they do what they do mhm mm yeah definitely next week we'll we'll talk about that more sure yeah i will say one thing uh young dooku <laughs> is wicked cool <laughs> yeah i'm almost Hoping we get the uh, the two different version of Jedi Dooku in action figures, the clean shaven and the, the oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't want I, I don't want them in black series though. I, do, I want them in the three and three quarter in vintage collection. I don't know because mm. um, vintage three and three quarters that I've seen re, um, that they've done off of animation recently. The most recent animation ones that I've seen was because um, I just saw them on the shelves again. Was the Resistance figures and those things just look like you look at them and they're going to break. They're so skinny and frail. And well, that, that was resistance or the resistance. Yeah. Figure, the resistance yeah. figures are, are, are five POA. And they were terrible looking. <laughs> I, I have two. I have two of them. Mm. I, I have Torah because of when we interviewed Mirna mm -hmm. and I have uh pyre captain yeah. pyre. Well, the one thing I did like, cause you hear it in this one is um, the return of clone. Well, one, the look of the clone wars. Yeah. These were definitely the, um, the looks from the Clone Wars from the latest episodes we got. Yep. Uh, yeah. Other than um, the also, I mean, later on, you'll see the Derek in the show that it actually you get some close ups on some of the characters that you, that you could not have done with the Clone Wars originally. You get in there and get some detail like you see skin texture and stuff on some of these ones. I, but I also thought, um, some of the voice talent returning like Corey Burton's back. Yeah, I thought mm -hmm. it was I thought it was cool. Um the animation style with the first two episodes was still very similar to the first season of the Clone Wars. That way, if these were to pop in, if you were to pop these in with with the first season of Clone Wars, aesthetically they would still look the same. And as they as we get later in the timeline, the it's like they match the the animation from the timeline. Well, the, some of that might be because Dave Filoni is the director, producer, writer. <laughs> <laughs> this is all Dave 
baloney. But it was a brilliant. It's a brilliant move, though, to do that. Yeah, it, and I I enjoyed it. It, it the, the the animation stylings did not after watching all six did not bother me at all. I I thought it was I I knew where we were by the animation style. Even I mean, because like okay, yes, this fits in these seasons with the Clone Wars. And it was great. Absolutely enjoyed it. It was perfect. Oh, that's cool. David Collins is actually the um, sound editor on this. Yes, and the design sound designer. Yeah, and I did see Kevin Kiner was back doing the music again. Like this was a um, all-star Clone Wars reunion show. Oh yeah, very much so. This was the one. Yeah, in um, the second episode, there was um, not a Clone Wars cast member, but a Star Wars voice cast member that was actually in that one. Did you see Vanessa Marshall was actually in the second episode? He was playing the um, the village elder lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. One who leads them to to where the center sun is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I recognized her voice. And there's a couple of other recognizable voices later on in the show that we can talk about next week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, um, any final thoughts, guys? They are not. We're, I mean, we're at that. Point. A lot of people it seems like we're wondering: Can Star Wars support two shows at the same time? I don't think that's a question. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't see why uh, not. No. Well. <laughs> kind of one-sided saying that today because tales from the jedi was dumped all at once they didn't do one episode today one episode next week they dumped yeah. everything today right pretty much a little over and an hour and a half this was Derek's star wars special presentation there you go <laughs> many ways yeah well actually this is actually more closer in line to the brute shorts yeah yeah actually except those were actual shorts right and this is an actual series. Whereas if you want to look up the group shorts, you have to go find each individual one. Whereas this you just go to tales from the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I would not be opposed to them um, editing these together and um, just making them one long show. Cause it, when you put all these together, you probably are only about an hour and a half. So you could actually yeah. do it without the credit scenes and stuff in between and just go from episode to episode. Yeah. Now I've only two episodes. So would it, would it work as one all put together like yes. that? Yes. You, you would definitely see the breaks in the episodes because there are time jumps and everything else. Mm. But it, it is one. Right. It is the story of these two characters. If you if you took the, the episode titles as your break in your timeline to jump ahead and as your chapter markers, mm. it would still work just fine. All, all is one episode. And actually speaking of that, that is one thing that they did change on this was um, I think this is one of the few times in animation in general, but especially Star Wars animation, that the credits don't start the show. Some of these title sequences are um, five to seven minutes into the show. Oh, yeah. 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 There's always an opening scene and then they are to open a scene or two and then they'll run the credits and give you your title. Yeah. Star Wars has always put the title card first. Yeah. Oh, this was this was perfect. Yeah. It's almost like Dave Filoni knows how to tell um, these stories or something. Yeah. Weird. Maybe Filoni should be uh, head of creative for Lucasfilm. Maybe they should think about that. Well, let's not go. Let's not get too far <laughs> there. I mean, yeah. Just calm down a little. But, but, but. <laughs> Any other final thoughts, guys? I don't know. If we keep going, we're going to keep going all night. So I think we're going to have to cut yeah. it off for tonight. Well, then. On Derek that- has to go watch some TV. Yeah, he does. <laughs> on that. On that note, then, uh, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information.
information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! Oh, <laughs> my <laughs>